Well, we've been talking about the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And the reason we're talking about the glory of the Lord shall be revealed because I'm trying to build your faith to receive it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. You can't have faith for something you never heard about. Amen. And you continue to hear because the word cometh me to continue to hear, not just hear one time. Amen. You never hear something one time and expect to have faith for that thing. Come on, say amen, somebody. It says faith cometh, continues to come. That means you can hear something over and over and over and over again, and you may not get it to the hundredth time you heard it. That's when the light goes off. You said, man, I, I never seen that before. And we've been preaching it for five years. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. So never get to the point where you think you heard something. And you don't need to hear it again. At that point, you stop receiving revelation. I mean, let me say it again. At that point, you stop receiving revelation because you're always looking for something new. And you ain't even got the old yet. Amen. Okay, amen. Well, we're talking about the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, amen. And we know Kenneth Copeland gave us a prophecy for the upcoming for this year, 2017. And it'll be on your screen as I read it. You can read along with me. It says, This coming year, this coming year, this coming year is not going to be anything like anybody has thought up to now. This is a year of fabulous outpourings from heaven. It says notable miracles at the hands of not only ministers in the fivefold ministry, but just among the people. It says believers will lay hands on the sick and notable miracles will be done. But then he says, but watch for the children. Watch for the children coming forth for what? Miracle-working power manifests around them, and they are just children, and they will be just children. And I'm not talking about the 15 to 20-year-olds. Of course, they're involved, but saith the Lord, watch the little ones. It says, a child shall lead them. Somebody say, a child shall lead them. And it says, many things are going to be happening in the kingdom of God in 2017, and it won't be anything like you thought. It'll be grander and greater and outpouring such as has never been seen before, saith the Spirit of grace. Somebody say, I received that. Come on, say, I received that. Well, we know and we've been studying that that outpouring is none other than the glory of God being revealed. And during this outpouring or revealed glory, good things will take place, amen, like this prophecy states. But there will also be some bad things that will take place. Now, we talked about all the good things that's going to take place, amen, in this revealing of God's glory. And we even seen a description of the glory of God, how, it, how it's going to manifest. Come on, say amen, somebody. We've seen how it's going to look like, amen, over the last couple of weeks. But there's another element of the glory we need to see because why? There are times where when the glory shows up, it's not all peaches and cream. Amen. To those that are not walking right. Amen. Let me clarify that again. 
When the glory shows up, it's not all peaches and cream to those who are not walking right. So turn to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10. Here in previous verses before verse 10, well, we can go to that. We can go to verse, go to verse, verse 7. Let's go back up to verse 7. Here in previous verses, amen, it talks about how the people are voluntarily humbling themselves before idols. And here in verse 7 it says, their land also is what? Full of what? Silver and gold. Neither is there any end of their what? Treasure. Their land is also full of what? Horses. Neither is there what? Any end of their what? Chariots. Now these were prosperous times for them. But these were also times where people trusted in their riches and not in God. Oh, come on. And there are a lot of people in this world today just like this. Oh, come on, say amen. You, haven't, you even have people with no money like this. Amen. Why? They are the one that's working two and three jobs trying to get money and forsaking God. So in verse 8 it says, and their land also is full of what? Idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. See, an idol is anything you put in place of God. Let me say it again. An idol is anything you put in place of God. And see, you don't have to be rich to do this. And the land is full of idols. How can you tell? You can even tell by the attendance in church. I got an amen from this side. I don't know what happened to this side over here. They're thinking about it. Say la. Right. Say la, huh? Amen, okay. <laughs> Glory to God. But that's how you can tell. Or what people put, what people put priority in their life, Amen. And like he says there, their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have what made. Look at verse nine. And the mean man bowed down. They bowed down, but not to God. And the great man humbled himself, but not to God. So Isaiah says, therefore, forgive them not. Then in verse 10 it says, enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for the fear of the Lord and for the what? Glory of his majesty. Because why? The glory is about to be revealed and you don't want to be on the wrong side of this revealing. Because when the glory of his majesty shows up, verse 11 states, the lofty looks of a man shall be humbled and the haltiness of men shall be what? Bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be what? Exalted in that day. See, the glory is going to humble those that think they have it all. Or think that they're all that and some. Come on, say amen, somebody. Those that believe that everything they have today, they got it themselves, therefore they don't need God. Then you have people that believe the only reason they go to God is because they're in trouble. That's why people go to God because they're in a crisis. Well, I ain't in no crisis, so I don't need God. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it says here, those high and mighty people are going to be humbled when the glory is revealed. They're going to be what? Humbled when the glory is revealed. 
and the Lord will be exalted in that day. And it goes on to say in verse 12, for the day of the Lord of hosts shall what? Be upon everyone that is what? Proud and what? Lofty and upon everyone that is what? Lifted up and he shall be what? Brought low. This is a word for the Oprahs of the world. And she's not the only one. Come on, just look at these TV shows that we have on TV today. Like the Empires. And all the other. And the sad part about it, a lot of them are black sitcoms. Black reality shows. And they are as, as just as rouchy as you can get. Come on, say amen, somebody. Everything goes. Amen. They are the modern day soap operas. But it says here, for the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and what? Lofty. And upon everyone that is what? Lifted up. And he shall be brought what? He shall be brought what? Low. See, when the glory of his majesty shows up, there's going to be a lot of humbling. So there were times when the glory showed up and it brought forth judgment. Or turn to Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. There were times when the glory showed up and it brought forth judgment. Numbers 13, 26. Now we know Moses sent out 12 spies. You heard that story, right? To, to, you know, to spy out the promised land. Now God had already told them the land is yours. But, you know, since Moses asked God, could he send Spies over, because that wasn't God's really choice. But Moses asked him, God said, okay, go ahead. But also God let him know there's a risk. There's a risk involved in sending those spies. The risk was that they would be misled by what they seen and lose their chance of entering into the promised land. And that's what happens when you don't believe something unless you see something. Say it again. That's what happens unless you, you don't believe something, unless you what? See something. You stand up chance of not receiving what God has promised you. Because you got to see it before you believe it. So it says, and they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the what? The fruit of the land. And this was their first mistake. Why? Who sent them out? Moses. Instead of coming only back to Moses who sent them, they made their findings public. They want everybody to know. Come on, say amen, somebody. And they got everybody in an uproar. And it says, and they told them, it said, we came into the land whither thou sent of us, and surely it what? It flowed with what? Milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. I mean, I have a, a little statue I got from Israel. went there, and it had two men carrying a, a, a bunch of grapes on their shoulders. That's how big these grapes were. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it was just like God described it, a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. And they said, we brought back samples. But then in verse 28, because this was the risk they took for sending them. Verse 28 says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. 
And moreover, we saw what? The children of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of what? Jordan. Listen, they're saying there's some big, strong, mighty-looking people over there. What they seen with their eyes caused them to lose faith in what God had told them. In other words, they were saying, yes, everything is the way God said it. But there's no way we can take that land. They're too big and what? Mighty for us. And the walls are too what? Too tall and, and too tall and, and what you say, tick. <laughs> that's why, listen, folks, that's why you can't go by what you see. You have to trust in what God told you regardless of what it looks like. And verse 30 says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are all well able to what? To overcome it. Thank God there's always someone who believes what God said will come to pass. And God always rewards them for it. Verse 31, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against that people, for they are what? They are what? Stronger than we. They weren't going in their own strength in the first place. But what they seen caused them to start speaking doubt and unbelief. When you allow it to start coming out your mouth, you're already defeated. Let me say it again. When you allow doubt and unbelief to come out of your mouth, you are already defeated. Verse 32, and they brought up a what? An evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are what? Men of what? Of a great stature. What it is, they didn't realize God was in all of that. Matter of fact, the sages say God caused many of the Canaanites to die during their mission to divert attention off of them while they're spying the land. But they misinterpreted what they saw and conformed what they seen to their fear. Are you with me out here? And it says in verse 33, And there we saw the giants and the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. How you see yourself is how the enemy will see you. You shouldn't ever care how other people see you if you're doing what God called you to do. Like I always say, they're going to talk about you if you're doing good. They're going to talk about you if you're doing bad. So you let them talk. Tell your neighbor, you let them talk. Only one you worried about is what God says and what God sees. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then we get to Numbers 14.1. And it says, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, 
and the whole congregation <laughs> said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto, us unto this land to fall by the sword? Now they're blaming God too. That our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better, duh, for us to return to Egypt where we were slaves, we were beat down? <laughs> and they said one to another, let us make us a captain and let us return into Egypt. See, to me, those ten spies with the evil report represent the pastors. The people rose up because of the misinformation of those ten pastors. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And verse 5 says, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, did what? They rent the clothes. I pray that I'm counted as, number, as one of the two. Come on, with Joshua and Caleb. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen, with a good report. Somebody say good report. See, they tore their clothes as a sign of mourning because why? They seen that the people, because of those ten, lost their faith in God. Verse 7, and they spake unto all the company of children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into, he will bring us into this land and give it us. Amen. The land which what? Flow with milk and in other words, don't you know who our God is? Amen. If God said it, it's ours already. Let's say, but only. Rebel not against the Lord. They're pleading with these people. Neither fear you or the people of the land. Don't be afraid of them. Our God is bigger and greater. And they are bread for us. We'll eat their lunch. Then it says their defense is departed from them. They're already defeated. Why? And the Lord is what? With us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone, bade stone them with what? Stone. They wanted to stone them because they were giving them a good report. And when they got ready to get them, get got ready to stone them, what happened? The glory of the Lord appeared. In the tabernacle of the congregation before what? Before all the children of Israel. See, the glory showed up for two reasons. Number one, it showed up to protect those that believe the report of the Lord. And number two, it showed up to pass judgment on those that came against what God had said. So look at verse 11. It said, the Lord said unto Moses, how long? Will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere that they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them, 
I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make thee a greater nation and mighty. I'll, I'll replace them all. Yes, yes. <laughs> amen. God was serious. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we know Moses said, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, God. If you wipe them out, you'll look back in front of all these heathen. And, Lord, I can't let you do that. They'll say you can't even protect your own. Amen? So look at verse 7 where we see Moses pleading mercy for the people. Verse 17, and it says, And now, I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. What, what is Moses doing? Moses reminding God of who he is. That's pretty bold for a man. But that's the kind of relationship he had with God. And pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even up to now. Listen, that's what 2016 was all about, folks. Praying that God would pardon this nation. That's what our 30-day prayer was about in September up to October. Come on, say amen, somebody. And like Bishop Butler told me that when, we had a, when I sat there talking to him, he said, we were praying for a reprieve, and God granted it. And we have... Amen. We have it for these next four to maybe eight years, folks. So you better take advantage of it. Because God says here, for the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy what? Word, verse 20. See, God has pardoned according to our word. God has answered our prayer, folks. But like Bishop said, that doesn't get the church off the hook completely. The church, especially the pastors, need to make amends and preach the word of God without compromise. Because why? God is holding them responsible for the reaction of the people just like these ten spies. Look at verse 21. He said, but, as I, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be what? Filled with the what? Glory of the Lord, but look at verse 22. Because all those men which have seen my glory, seen my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, not one time, not two times, not three times. He said they tempted me ten times. God is a God of mercy. But there comes a time where you can wear out the mercy of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. He gave them opportunity after opportunity to hearken unto his voice, but they did not listen. And because of that, it says in verse 23, surely they shall not. They shall what? They shall not see the land which I what? Swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. In other words, they're not going to walk in it. 
It's going to be here, but they're not going to walk in it. They're not even going to see it because why? They refuse to humble themselves and do that which is right in the eyes of God. And none of those, none of them, none of them, none of those that went against God saw the promised land. They spent 40 years in the wilderness till all of them died. Not one seen it. The only two that seen it was Caleb and Joshua. Come on, say amen, somebody. And God wants you to be part of the two. Amen. Glory to God. But look at verse 24, because we are the butt. <laughs> We're the butt in this case. Because he said, but my servant, Caleb. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, hello, Caleb. <laughs> he said, my servant, Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and has followed me how? Follow me how? Follow me how? Did he say halfway? Only when he wanted to. Only when time permitted. He followed me fully. Him who I bring into the land wherein he went and he, what's it? And his seed shall possess it. Listen, we're going to the promised land, folks. And because you fully follow God, your children are going to possess it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because for me, I refuse to compromise the word of God. And whether you like it or not, I'm going to preach what God tells me to preach. Why? Because I'm the one that's going to answer to God as to whether or not you go to the promised land and experience the good things in the glory. Come on, say amen, somebody. So as we see, when the glory shows up, at times it will bring forth judgment for those that refuse to adhere to the Lord of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. It'll bring the proud to their knees. We'll go to number 16.1 because we see it again. Number 16.1. Now, we talked about the good side of the glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But like I said, when the glory shows up, it's twofold. It's good side, bad side. It depends on which side you're on. <laughs> Number 16.1. Now, Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, Abram, the sons of Eliab, and On, and the sons of Peleb, sons of Reuben, took men. And they did what? Rose up before Moses, were certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in their congregation, men of renown. These were the leaders of the people. Once again, I would say pastors. Come on, say amen, somebody. It says famous in the congregation. Men of re, men of re. Listen, there were some famous pastors that I was shocked that they went into the direction they went into knowing what the word of God says about certain issues. 
Come on, during that election. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it says, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, you take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift you up yourself above the congregation of the Lord. What were they doing? They were accusing Moses and Aaron of promoting themselves at the people's expense. And they were saying, we're just as qualified as you. And that's what people do in congregations. I'm just as qualified as the pastor. I put on pants just like you put on pants. And that's what gets them in a lot of trouble. Amen? Because God's the one who calls. God's the one who anoints. God's the one who appoints. Come on, say amen, somebody. Here in this instant, Karah was upset that Aaron and his sons had replaced him and other firstborns to perform the sacrificial service. Amen? And all these leaders were also firstborn, so it was easy for them to get uh, to join in on the bandwagon. Amen. Now it's sad, this was a, there was a lot of jealousy going on, but it's sad, we have je- jealousy amongst the clergy today. Are you right, with me out there? So it says in verse 4, and when Moses heard it, he did what? Fell on his face. And he spake to Quran and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who, his, who, who are his, and who was what? And will cause him to come near to him. Even him whom he has chosen will he cause to come near unto him. God will show you who he has chosen to serve in this capacity. God's going to show you. Now, he was trying to give them time. Because he said tomorrow. Because hopefully they would come to their senses that night and stop all this mess going on. Come on, say amen, somebody. So he gave it to tomorrow. But they didn't. And if you read the next few verses, they were very disrespectful to the man of God. They were very disrespectful to the man of God, and it cost them, as you will see. So Moses told them what to do to prove who God had chosen to come before him. And it says in verse 19, And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And what happened? And what happened? The glory of the Lord appeared unto what? All the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, See, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation, but the Lord only spoke to Moses and Aaron. Why? Because the congregation was starting to be influenced by those speaking against the men of God. Oh, I'm preaching good in there. See, a couple of bad apples can influence an entire congregation. And I have seen God, since I've been in the ministry, I have seen God deal with those people. And man, you find out, well, why ain't they here no more? God dealt with them. God removed them out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says in verse 21, he says, separate yourself from among this congregation 
that I may consume them in a what? Moment. The glory showed up for judgment, and it wasn't a good judgment. And it says in verse 22, and they fell upon their faces and said, Oh God, the God of spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be robbed of all the congregation? Moses, once again, is pleading for the people. He has a heart for people, folks. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get up from about the tabernacle of Koran, Dathan, and Abram, the main leaders of this confusion. And Moses rode up and went unto Dathan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be what? Lest you be consumed in all of their sins. It does make a difference of who you follow. You can end up being consumed in all their sins and receive their judgment. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. That's why, listen, folks, we honor and respect men, but we still follow God. I'm saying it again. We honor and respect men, but we still honor God. God is still the focus of my attention. I don't care what man does. I'm still going to follow God. You've had so many people leave God because of a man. They leave church because of a man. So you got to find out who was you following, man or God? Oh, I'm preaching good in here. So they got up from the tabernacle, Quran, Dathan, and Abram. They were smart on every side. And Dathan and Abram came out and stood in the den of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. And Moses said, hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. If these men die, the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. In other words, if they die a normal death, then the Lord didn't send me. He's putting everything on the line, folks. I know who I am, and I know who I was called. Come on, say amen, somebody. If they die a normal death, then I ain't the one. Verse 30 says, but if the Lord make a new thing. See, we want God to do a new thing, but this is not the new thing that we want. Come <laughs> on, tell your neighbor, Amen. He said, if the Lord make a new thing, amen, and the earth, what? Open up her mouth and swallow them up. With all that appertain unto them, they shall go down quick into the pit. Then, shall they, and then you shall understand that these men have what? Provoked the Lord and it came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words the last word that came out of his mouth the ground clave asunder and that was under them the ground opened up and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up quickly their houses 
and all the men that followed them, all the men in their household, unto Quran and all their what? Goods. And they and all that appertained to them went down alive. Went down what? Alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished among the congregation. And all Israel that round about fled at the cry of them. Because could you imagine the screams that they were emanating, going down? Ah, come on, say amen, somebody. And they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. I guess that did get their attention. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Wouldn't it get your attention? Amen. See, this was just Korah, Dathan, and Abaron. Well, remember, there was 250 others that joined in with them, right? Well, let's see what happened to them. Look at verse 35. And there came what? There came what? Out a fire from the Lord and consumed the what? The 250 men that what? Offered and said, what does fire represent? The glory of the Lord, right? He said, God is a what? Consuming fire. But in this case, they were really torched with the fire of judgment. Are you with me out here? Now, you would think that the people that witnessed this would have learned a lesson. But people can be so stubborn at times. And these people were very stubborn, and there's nothing new under the sun. Because <laughs> people are still very stubborn today. Amen. Glory to God. But look, look what happened in verse 41. They should have learned less about coming against God's anointed or the one God chose to lead. But they didn't. And so in verse 41 it states, but on the morrow, next day, next day, the next day, not a week went by, not a month go by, but tomorrow, the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured again against Moses and Aaron, against Aaron saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. <laughs> now, understand, they weren't talking about Korah, Dathan, and Abram because why? Everybody knew it was God that dealt with them. What they were talking about, they were talking about the 250 leaders that died. Amen? See, Moses didn't tell them that God ordered the rebels to offer incense, and that resulted in their deaths. He didn't tell them that. So they accused Moses of praying that he would die, that they would die. And they felt God answered Moses' prayer. Amen? So they died, so they blamed Moses for the death. They said, Moses, you could have did it another way. You could have handled it another way to prove that you are God's chosen. You didn't have to pray against it to pray that they die. <laughs> so in verse 42 it says, Then it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked towards the tabernacle of the congregation, and what happened? And behold, the cloud covered it, and what happened? Told you there's two sides to this thing. And the glory of the Lord what appeared, it showed up again, but 
it wasn't going to go well with him. Verse 43, And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the Lord spake unto Moses, said, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may what? Consume them as in a moment, and they what? Fell upon their faces. This implies that unless those who didn't get involved with these people get away, they're going to get caught up in their mess. There's some people you need to stay away from. Or you get caught up in their mess even if you're sitting there listening to all the mess they're talking about. And you end up suffering the same fate as those that are guilty. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. And you find Moses and Aaron, what do they do again? Pray for them again. They were always continuously praying for this rebellious people even though it seemed like they would never change. <laughs> Amen. And Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer and put fire therein from, the, from off the altar and put it on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath going out from what? From the Lord. It's a different outpouring. And the plague is what? Begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was what? Begun among the people, and he put, incense, he put on incense and made what? An atonement for the people. Look at this now. God had Aaron use the same incense that the 250 used before to prove that the incense service wasn't what killed the 250 people. So he used the incense service as an agency of salvation instead of death. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And as you read this, there's three aspects of miracles that took place on the positive side of this glory. The first says in verse 48, and he stood between the dead and the living. He stood between what? The dead and living. This is saying there were people who were alive, but they were gravely ill. From the plague. Are you with me out here? Aaron's incense service prevented them from becoming worse. That was the first aspect of the miracle. Then it says, and the plague was what? The plague was what? Stayed. The plague was stayed, meaning from that point on, no one else became ill. That was the second aspect of the miracle. Then verse 49, it says, Now they that died in the plague were what? 14,700 besides them that died about the matter of Quran. Folks, make sure you're on the right side of the glory. Don't compromise the word of God. Let me say it again. Don't compromise the word of God. Don't allow somebody to make you compromise the word of God because of what they believe. Always stick with the word. Verse 50 says, And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle, the congregation, and it said, The plague was what? The plague was what? This was the third aspect of the miracle. In other words, those who became ill were totally healed. Somebody gave God glory. Why? Because he's good. 
and his mercy still endures forever. God is still a God of mercy, folks. But that's what happens when the glory shows up. Well, let's look at another instance that you're very, 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 very familiar with. Go to Acts chapter 5, verse 1. This is in the New Testament where there was an outpouring from heaven. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. And everybody knows about Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says in Acts 5.1, but a certain man named what? Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And they kept back part of the price. His wife also being private to it. In other words, she agreed. And she was in, she's in it with him in courts. And they brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So what happened? Well, they seen everybody else giving of their substance. You know, everybody selling land and laying it at the apostles' feet. So they wanted it to look like they were doing the same thing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Matter of fact, look at Acts 4.33. Because this was an outpouring from heaven. This was an outpouring from heaven. And it says in verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles what? Witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great what? Grace was upon them all. That was what? That was a fabulous outpouring of heaven, folks. It says, neither was any among them that what? Lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses did what? sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. You know this was an outpour of heaven because you can't get people to even sell a shoe today. <laughs> Come on, say, that's just one shoe. Amen? So this was a family outpouring from heaven. These were miracles taking place. Come on, say amen, somebody. And they brought the price of things that were sold. Amen. There was so much love that the people were given to the, pe to the people that were in need. Because in the fabulous out from heaven, love begins to flow. And it says, and they laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he is what? Had need. They were, they were, their heart was open to help somebody else. Now go back to Acts chapter 5, verse 3. So verse 2, let's go back. And they kept back the part, the price, his wife being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And in verse 3 it says, But Peter said, Ananias, because the anointing was high in this place. The glory was high in this place. And he says, Why has Satan filled their heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, wasn't in, what is not, it was yours anyway. And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing where? In thy heart, and thou hast not lied unto men. Well, who would you really lie to? Because why? God knows everything. God knows your motives, folks. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. They had, they were, it was their choice to do what they wanted with their land, with their money. But to lie and say, we gave it all, and you know you didn't give it all? 
and an anointing like that and the glory that's, that's that revealed. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Say, so they didn't give everything. And they said, man, because, you know, when you sell something or somebody gets a big settlement. Now, before the settlement, they said, more, this is what I'm going to give to God. <laughs> before the settlement, this is what I'm going to give to God. When they see that big check, God don't need all this. <laughs> come on, say, come on, all right, all right. God, I'll, I'll give him a portion. Oh, amen, amen, amen. So they said, this is a good day. We got all this money. We'll give a portion. We'll say we gave it all. And see, when it comes to giving, folks, even when it comes to tithes and offering, don't fake it. Because why? Tithing and offering and giving is holy unto the Lord. And you can get yourself in serious trouble. Look at what happened because the glory of the Lord was present, folks. It was high in that place. And Ananias, hearing these words, did what? Fell down and he gave up the ghost, meaning he what? Meaning he what? Died on the spot. And great fear, I guess so, came on all the what? Heard these things, just the sound of it. What? Come on, say amen, somebody. Could you imagine somebody was giving a line and the offering bucket was going by all of a sudden, boop. <laughs> we know they didn't give right. Amen. <laughs> and it says, and the young men arose, wound him up, carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space that three hours after, when his wife, nobody told his wife anything, she coming there, skip the loop, my darling. <laughs> all happy, all proud. Me and my husband, we gave a big offering today. We gave a big offering. I'm so proud. They gonna, everybody going to look at us like say, wow, they're so great people, man. They're, they're givers. Amen. And says so she walked in there three hours later, not knowing what was done, <laughs> came in, and Peter answered up there and said, tell me. Now, I would have I would have I would have been skeptical for Peter coming to me in the first place. <laughs> and asking me anything specifically. He didn't ask nobody else in the room. He come specifically to me. And, 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 I, and if I know already what I've done wrong, I don't know about you, I would have said, uh-oh, he done found out. <laughs> and right at that point, I would have repeated, I'm sorry, I'm, we, we made a mistake. But not her. Peter was, the, Peter, was, Peter was anointed, folks. And it says, she came in and Peter answered her to her, tell me whether you sold the land for such much. And she said, yeah, for so much. There's a time. You know, I believe in the power agreement with my wife. But there comes a time <laughs> there's a line that I draw 
because I ain't going to hell with you. It's like some men, and they, you know, because they're not in the Lord and they want their wives to go partying with them. And you think just, you know, just to make him happy, I'm going. There's a line that we draw. Come on, say amen, somebody. When you tell me to do something against the word of God, we draw on a line. Because once again, I ain't in that with you. I'm not going off the cliff with you. I'll pray for you on your way down. <laughs> I ain't going to the racetrack with you. I ain't going to buy your lottery ticket. Okay, I bet. <laughs> I ain't in that with you. Because you ain't getting me in trouble with my God. I love you, but I love my God greater. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it goes on and says, she said, yeah, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord and behold Look at them people over there. Them two men at the door. They waiting on you now. <laughs> the feet of them that have buried your husband are at the door, and they're going to carry you out the same way they carried him out. And then, verse 10, then fell she down straightway at his feet in what? Yielded up the ghost. The young men came in. I guess they probably said, man, we just finished burying this one. Now we got to bury another one. They came in, did what? Found her dead, carried her forth, buried her by her green husband. <laughs> and great fear came upon what? All the church and upon as many as heard these things. Listen, bad and good judgment showed up at the same time, folks. Amen? Because in, this, in verse 12, the same glory and the same outpouring, it says, and by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders wrought among the people that they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, and the rest, there's no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were what? Added more, add, that were more the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. The outpouring continued to flow even after the judgment. And people got what? Saved and filled with the what? Holy Ghost. Verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the bed and counted that this the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. That shadow was not Peter's shadow. That shadow was the glory of the Lord that showed up upon Peter. He was clothed in the glory. And it says, there came also a multitude out of all the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing what? Six folks. And them that were what? Vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed what? Everyone. Listen, that glory is not limited to just Peter. 
that glory is not just limited to the clergy. That glory is going to be on everyone that believes. I'm talking about the glory is going to be on you. Come on, the prophet said you're going to do miracles. You're going to perform signs. You're going to go lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. God said, I'm not just going to use the pastors. I'm going to use the people in the congregation. So that you're going to be so full of the glory of God that when you walk by people, the glory on you is going to get them healed instantly. That's the word of God, folks. That's the word of God. People are going to be healed because of you. But like we said, when the glory shows up, make sure you're on the right side of the glory. Come on, say amen, somebody. And don't allow people to get you on the, right, on the wrong side of that glory. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, O oh Lord. Because you notice in all those instances when the glory showed up the past judgment, did you notice it was on the people of God? On every instant? It didn't even say the heathen. Every instant when that glory showed up, and brought judgment, it wasn't just on, it wasn't on the heathen. It was on the people of God. Amen. The children of Israel twice. Come on. Then we have, that was the church in Ananias and Sapphira. They were the church. Amen. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord, folks. Do you hear me? So we got to make sure we get it right. We got to make sure we're on the right side of that glory. Come on, say amen, somebody. So lift up your hands.